Hello, it's Thursday, the 7th of September in the year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome back to Liberty Tactics. I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host, Ms Catherine Watkins. Good afternoon, Lou. Good afternoon. How's things with you? They're fine. Sorry if you can hear that. There's an ambulance just flown past my window and I didn't know if you'd be able to hear that then. Sirens everywhere. I'm okay. I'm I'm doing very well, Lou. And uh, yeah, looking forward to Wednesday coming. Yeah. If just a reminder, and I'll be reminding you again at the end of the show next Wednesday, Parliament Square. Speakers coming on from one thirty. Public Child Protection Wales, Liberty Tactics will be there. Andrew Bridgen speaking. Lots of people turning up. Um, it's going to be a good day. Take the day off. This is about your children and your grandchildren. And uh, as we now know, um, which Kath's going to touch on at the end, the drag queens are now going into schools as Catherine prophesized. Predicted, should I say, prophesized. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> today's show, I'm delighted to introduce a filmmaker formerly worked for Sky News and uh, Channel 4. His name is Mark Sharman, and he did an incredible documentary with Oracle Films called Safe and Affected. Effective, it is absolutely brilliant, and I will link it down below. Mark, hi. Good afternoon. So, congratulations on the movie. It's been out well over a year now, hasn't it? uh not quite it came out at the end of september last year right okay pretty pretty well a year yeah so for the benefit of the audience tell us a little bit about yourself and working in the mainstream and then how what happened that made you realize things weren't right and you questioned covid and the vaccine tell us your story um well career-wise i mean i've had something like 56 years in the business. <clears throat> I started in newspapers on the Derby Evening Telegraph and went to Birmingham. And then after about nine years, I went into television and the rest of it, you know, 40 something years was all in television. I worked quite a lot in live sport, actually, <laughs> but I've always moved between sport and news. And I suppose the relevant jobs, um, I was the launch editor of, of a big show called London Tonight. Um, I remember that show. In the 90s, yeah. It, it's when we ITV we were taking news seriously in the regions. Um, <clears throat> and we had a big one-hour show every night, which we like to think it was, um, you know, you would compare London with New York, with Paris, with Los Angeles, with Sydney. It was that kind of a feel, uh, very much a big-time feel. But unfortunately, you know, it's gone back to being Norwich tonight. Uh, anyway, Um but um, I was at Sky Sports. I was the, the I was deputy MD of Sky Sports. Um, wow. Which <clears throat> I was sort of had a responsibility for production, and um, we grew it from one channel to to five. Um, I also went to Channel Four for a little bit and launched Channel Four Cricket, which won a whole pile of awards. Um, and then I went back to Sky after that to be, I was in charge of Sky Networks, which is Sky One, Sky Movies, and particularly Sky News. Yeah. And that was a period when we had 9-11 and the bombing of Baghdad. Um, 
after that, I went back to ITV actually to be um, director of news and sport and left the corporate world in about 2008, 2009 and ran my own production company after that. Um, so, you know, quite a quite a varied career between news and sport and factual programs, but uh, latterly in a lot of sort of corporate senior jobs, which were fine, but I felt I'd moved too far away from the production making, program making. So I set up my own little company. But we, when COVID came along, we really, that was really the end of it because contracts run out and um, I thought I was going to be retired finally. But what got me back into it and particularly making safe and effective a second opinion was that I couldn't understand, I knew from all my experience that the whole story wasn't being told. I couldn't understand why colleagues, you know, former people I'd worked with, people I'd promoted, people I'd trained, I couldn't understand why they were um, pushing the government narrative all the time, particularly over figures. It was quite obvious very early on that the figures were being exaggerated. You know, they were quoting deaths from COVID when in fact most of them were deaths of people from something else who happened to have the COVID. And it seemed to me a very convenient way of boosting the numbers. And the other thing that made me deeply suspicious was the way the whole of the Western world reacted in the same way, with the same phrases and the same catchphrases and the same decisions um, over um, the sanctions that, <clears throat> that were brought in. Um, you know, build back better became a huge catchphrase the world over. Yeah. That was before vaccines, of course. Um, that was, I was already deeply suspicious. And then from a personal note, I mean, I'm in my 70s, so was supposedly one of the uh, vulnerable categories. But uh, I read that I was 99% certain of getting over COVID if I got it. And then I read that these vaccines were experimental. And I thought, why on earth would you take an experimental vaccine for something that ain't going to kill you? You know, um, <clears throat> It's because, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a... <laughs> if you think too deeply about these things, you'll get carried away with it. You know, I mean, it was just obvious to me. Um, and really, that's where it started. And then, of course, I began to talk to some of the vaccine injured and realized how widespread the problem was and decided to uh, to make a film and we did not sure how much of a difference it's made but we did make the film and it was it was on youtube for a while <clears throat> did about uh, a million views on youtube and then there was a, a parliamentary hearing where sir christopher chope who was um, representing some of the vaccine injured Sir Christopher mentioned in the parliamentary hearing, he mentioned our film and said that uh, most people found it extremely pers persuasive and it was gone from YouTube within hours of that. However, it's been seen quite widely in America and around the world and I think it's been translated into something like 27 languages now. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. It has, it has gone around and I think, you know, anybody that sees it it ought to at least raise a question mark, even if it doesn't persuade them. It should at least make them think twice, you know, because what's happened, you know, consistently over the whole 
um, COVID and vaccine story, and by the way, climate change as well, mm -hmm. uh, we're all getting just one side of the story. And it's a very um, subjective kind of the side of the story. And that isn't journalism. It's not the journalism I grew up with. It's not the journalism I used to teach people. And something very fundamentally has gone wrong with the, uh, the whole uh, communication system. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that is the problem, Mark, isn't it? You know, is um, not having, you know, biased, unbiased reporting. I think that has been evident massively, especially over the last handful of years, which was, so I've been a medical researcher for about 13 years now. So when COVID came, in particular, the vaccine industry. So when COVID came along, I knew instantly, even before they'd even mentioned a vaccine, I knew exactly the playbook because I'd seen it so many, so many times. But to watch how um, the media really, really did spin this one was really quite shocking. I mean, I was already aware of how it was going previously, but I've never seen anything like this. I have never seen so much biased reporting and false reporting as well. This wasn't just a biased view. This was actual false reporting in many, many instances. Yeah. And as you say, the whole of the Western world was doing exactly the same yeah. thing. So, you know, um, and that's what we that's what we're in desperate need of is is real journalism you know real journalism so a massive well done on the film and I'm really pleased that you managed because when I used to I'm banned from YouTube anyway I'm banned from a lot of the platforms but they used to do that with me when I used to put videos out it would be banned for medical misinformation which is probably what was the reasoning that YouTube ban your video mark was it medical misinformation yep, by any exactly chance? Yeah. yeah 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 so what platforms are, 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 what just for the listeners what platforms it'll be linked here anyway but what platforms have you managed to get it on is it on like BitChute and well I, the best way to view it is to go to oraclefilms.com or of course yeah and Oracle. just, just go to their website and go to um safe and effective a second opinion it's about 55 minutes long you know so well, the fact that you said it's been viewed over a million, the fact that it's been viewed over a million times is outstanding. It really is, and as you say, even if it raises a question mark, then you know that you've done your job. Yeah, I mean it's been seen by several million around the world, but but wow, certainly YouTube, it it was a million, yeah. We've been banned off everything. I'm completely censored. But Mark, what were your former colleagues? Because you obviously stayed in touch with your former colleagues over the years. Um, you know, you had questions, you know, about them and why they're, you know, doing the narrative that the government are telling them to. But what, mm. what was their response after they found out about your film? And did any of them see it and comment? Well, yeah, I mean, I sent it to a, a couple of them. I mean, I'm closest to the people at Sky News, <clears throat> but um, they didn't want to believe it. I mean, I, th I think there are two there are two things at play. Um, first of all, um, I think that the ownership of most commercial stations now and whoever, whoever's driving the BBC, I think at a, at a corporate level, um, they had a, a very deliberate policy not to question the government narrative. I mean, bear in mind that both Ofcom and the BBC sat in on, on private um, government committees when they were deciding um, how, you know, the next stages of, of COVID and, and when they were reporting amongst themselves, they, they actually sat in on these meetings. They say as observers, but very difficult if you're a BBC executive sitting in, an, in a sanctum government committee meeting and then walking out and thinking, I'm going to ignore that. You know what I mean? Um, 
but also of course there is a worldwide censorship um on any social media as you as you found out um nothing on social media is is free it's all censored by ai <clears throat> and there is lots of evidence now as you've probably seen through robert kennedy and various other people that you know, it, it the evidence is there that that all of the big um, tech companies, all of them, were working directly with federal U.S. federal government agencies to control the narrative and deliberately cancel and and rubbish and um, you know f um, discredit even highly qualified scientists who dared to speak out against it. Um, it's been a very sophisticated. Um, censorship operation both in social media and mainstream media and our secret um, well, uh, our agencies mi5 mi6 were certainly involved as well certainly involved mm. interesting that it's coming around yet again they bring up and what's coming up the 2024 election so yeah, I, I think climate change is the next big push though i mean oh, the, oh without a doubt no, without I mean, a doubt it's exactly the same i mean the, uh, we're actually, mate, Oracle, Phil at Oracle and myself, we're actually just embarking on another film. Oh, brilliant. On this, climate change? It's about um, it's about the lifestyle changes that are coming and the digital prison that we all face if we're not careful. Yeah. It's about how through, um, through uh, digital identities and digital currency... Uh, they can get to controllers because we've been watched in pretty well everything we do now. And yeah. AI can link it all together. And of course, the mechanism is, is digital currency. That's the mechanism of control. But yeah. in the same way as, 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 I mean, these are age old behavioral scientific techniques. Yeah. In, the same, in the same way that, that, that COVID was all, all, first of all, it was fear. And then they apply to your sense of social community um, and your your sense of doing the right thing, and that's exactly what they're doing with with climate change. They they've managed to convince an entire world of anybody under thirty five that the world's probably going to end in their lifetime. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, the thing is, the fear of God into people. Um, Absolutely. And then once that fear is there, you will find people complying. Yeah, it sudden. works. It's their modus operandi and it works and that's why they use it. If we were talking back, you know, mm. us conspiracy theorists that we were called and laughed at, yes. saying this to everybody, they want to yeah. reduce the population, they want to bring digital currency, they yeah. want to be shut down in cities. Like all of these years we've been saying it and here mm. we... Well, it's, all, it's all happening now, it's not a conspiracy at all. Yeah, well, exactly, and we knew yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at COP40, which... Um, yes. Mayor Khan of London is the chairman. You know, there's all this fuss over ULES, but if you look, actually look at some of the other things he wants to bring in by 2030, it includes you're only going to be allowed to buy three pieces of clothing a year. You know, people have no idea the Chinese style communist control. They come for our pets, they're coming for our pets as well. Yeah, but it, but as I was saying, they, they, they're using climate change to to play on people's guilt and sense of community and we've all got to pull our weight and we've got to we've got to help save the planet and then of course they'll lie to that your carbon credits yeah, and, yeah. 
And once that's linked with digital currency, if digital currency is controllable, which means they decide what you can spend it on, you can very easily use up your social credit, your carbon credit, and um, you'd suddenly find you won't be able to buy any more meat this month or you won't exactly. be able to buy more fuel this month. Well, know? we'd be in March straight into communism, aren't we? Oh, yeah, but that, that's basically what our new film's about. And it's not, oh, right. it's not hearsay. It's, it's all based on what's actually happening at the moment in the world. No, we absolutely you don't have to convince us, Mark. We absolutely agree with everything you're saying. I'll be really interested. Do you know do you know when it's likely to to be released or are you sort of still in the middle of it now? We're just researching it at the moment. Right, okay. Um the other thing is is um fortunately this time I've got a donor who's helped us with some with some money towards it because the first one we funded ourselves and we <laughs> we're the best one in the world i can't afford to fund fund a film every year you know so we're still raising some finance but you know phil is brilliant at uh, archiving he collects and collects and collects so i just say to him have you got anything on you know Clive Schwab saying this and he just goes tick 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 and up it comes on his computer so a lot of the time is spent sort of mapping out where we want to go. And then it's quite easy for Phil to find the quotes that back it up, you know. Yeah. yeah. The difficult piece with this next film, though, is that the best way to de demonstrate anything really is through human interest. And unfortunately, of course, with the vaccine injured, there were some heartbreaking stories. And that formed the core of the film. It's not so easy this time to do that uh, because... We're talking about technology and politics and aspirations rather than, you know, people's misfortune. Yeah, although it is so vital that people truly understand this because, you know, this is where it'll we're end, headed. It'll end up in all our misfortune in the end because what's quite clear is that as AI takes a grip um, and Yuval Harari, who is um, class oh. one, number two, I think, at w the World Economic Forum, you know, he's, he's openly said, um, when all these jobs have gone, the vast majority of the population will be irrelevant. Yeah. It's a terrible phrase to use, but irrelevant. So, yeah. and I think that's where the root of these controls are, because if you've got an irrelevant population that are doing nothing and just relying on the government to give them money when they decide to give it you, um, you're going to have a, dis a very dissatisfied and rebellious community very quickly. Yeah. Which, why, in my view, they need all these controls they want to bring in. Yeah, it's it's very it's it's, it's upon us actually. You know, this is it's, it's, it's a very you know serious time, and and still so many people are, are just in a in a dream world, or you know they're just not actually making these connections. And before we know it, it's here. Well, it's very easy to brand as conspiracy theorist. You know, it's um, mm. you know uh, anti-vaxer, conspiracy theorist, racist. Yeah homophobe you know they use them all the time i mean i i voted to leave europe i voted for brexit and all yeah, of a sudden all of a sudden you're, you're a thick northern you know whatever um, an educated fool yeah i'm what we've been brand we've been right-wing experience we've been called nazis Nazi, yeah, fascist. fascist homophobe transphobe bigots all, all you're doing is putting another point of view and actually you know i think most of us um, are getting tired. I mean, I, I would grant anybody the right to be themselves and have a right to live the way they want to live in the world. 
what I don't agree with is enforcing their lifestyle on me and all the rest of us. So and that children. Got... And children, like, yeah. it, that's, that's, that's right. It. You know, it's... I mean, the, the, the power of the minorities, and let's face it, transgender at the moment is a real, real minority. But to force those ideals and ideologies of a minority on the majority uh, is, is wrong. And in the end, it'll, uh, it'll rebound. It is starting to now, especially with the yeah. children, you know. In, in... in a 16-year plan. It's been a 16-year plan yeah. to get where we were. Uh, you know, and it also started back, you know, back during the 60s. As well, well, this actually started in 1913 when Tavistock started, because yeah, yeah, they yeah. are the social oh, yeah, I mean, like the, 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 like the, um, you know, the, the left kind of rising up, kind of with these protests, you know, the left, you know, mm. the, the feminism and all that. If you go back to Chairman Mao, Mao Zedong. Yeah, that's right, Chairman you know, Mao. I mean, he, he, what uh, a central plank of, of that philosophy was not was to merge the sexes. You know, he he made them all dress the same. Yeah. You know, there, there was no kind of <clears throat> he 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 didn't like the distinction between the sexes. He, he liked everybody to look the same and work the same and do the same jobs and. Um, and also, if they are going to push uh, transhumanism, which you hear more and more about, where you're part, part human and part computer, you know, I'm not sure that those human emotions of love and, and sex and whatever uh, are going to be too relevant. So I think it suits the, it suits the pathway we're on to begin yeah. to merge merge the different the difference between man, man and woman and it's terrible because i've got a, i've got an eight-year-old granddaughter who has been kept away from this thankfully um and she's just a little eight-year-old girl i'm very clever but she's she's got the same approach to life as as i knew little eight-year-old girls when i was eight myself you know she's just a little girl yeah um, a lot more knowledgeable than we were but still very feminine very you know very girly and still likes dolls and ballet and dressing up and fruit. Good, because that's what we call childhood innocence. And the problem with right now is that childhood innocence is being strictly taken away, you know, and it's... Um... To, like, they having to see and be exposed to things that I would well, want... Adult to... things they shouldn't I'm... be exposed to. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the only thing that matters. I know the smart cities, the CBDCs, but at the moment we can't we can't waste any time. We have to focus this on these children right now because every day that goes past, more and more kids are going to be damaged. And the results of this generation, poor, this is going to be one messed up, yeah. messed up generation. So yeah. this is, I get, I've been oh. over it. People get fed up with me getting, you know, saying I'm getting aggressive, but like, we haven't got any time to keep going backwards and forwards about CBDCs and things like every single child right now is being groomed. Like they're all gone mm. back into school today. You know, mm. they're bringing dildos out, excuse me, but they, they're bringing oh, oh. Out, like five-year-olds. No, they're bringing them out into the classroom. They're telling nine-year-olds you don't get pregnant if you have anal sex. Yeah. This is this is what our whole campaign has been against uh, Mark for, for a few years now. This is what our um, thingy is in Parliament Square to unite the, the countries, because obviously this is the same 
education that we've got in Wales, England, Scotland and Ireland. And it's adopted from America as a global education. And it's, it's brand new. People really don't understand what's going on because it's been so very well hidden up until now, really recently. <laughs> but it's, it's, you, it's three to 16, age three to 16 with no parental opt out. So we took the Welsh government to court last year. We had a judicial review um, in November. We lost that judicial review, however, because we were up against a corrupt government as well. However, the, the case law that came out of it, we can use, we and we are using parts of that um, in our favour. But basically, what the Welsh government said is, you didn't really have parental consent anyway, and we're doing it whether you like it or not. And the only the only option you've got is to home educate uh, or private school. So, you know, home education has gone through the roof, as you can imagine. I don't think private schools are any different, to be honest. I think they, they're getting the same kind of education there. Probably not, but they do have the option. So I think if they, if a school is, is funded by the government at all, as in even if they have a fiver, if they're funded at all by the government, they ha it's mandatory they have to do this education. So it would be up to the... Some private schools probably are doing it, but it would be down to their, you know, sort of their own policy type thing. They don't have to do it in a private school, um, mm -hmm. which isn't funded by the government, but they still do. Yeah, they still do. And obviously your only other option is home educate. Now, I home educate my daughter and I've done for a long time, but I know not everybody is in that position to be able to do it because they've split the family unit and there's not a lot of people with it. You know, you've got a lot of single parent families and there's not a great deal of support for people anymore so you know this is why we got to fight for all children you know because what they're doing here is they're changing society and in order to change society's attitudes and behaviors they have to do it through the children so this is why they've brought it in and this is why we've got to put boots on the ground and get this it's so dangerous it's it's, it's far beyond anything i could mention in this in this podcast but um you know you i think you'll be there wednesday anyway so you'll be able to have a listen and see what it is we're actually going for but yeah everyone in the uk all children are at risk here um and we're the only ones talking about it we are getting censored left right like non-stop but we are the only ones pushing it catherine and i did three 36 hour podcasts live <laughs> oh dear me um, yeah that was quite we fun wasn't it on. we had we had james denning paul lawrence fox matt letissier loads and loads of great guests we were taken down the fundraisers were taken down um the wi-fi's all got shut down this is a terrible insidious censorship on free speech that's going along i mean you we know we still it's... funded everything this is the yeah, thing we don't we don't yeah. have anything. Everything we do is we put in and we like, mm. you know. We just, you know, with, with Oracle Films, Oracle, Oracle Films um, did a piece on um, where they gave airtime to some of the scientists, very well qualified scientists, who were, were pointing out the dangers of the vaccine. And the BBC not only dismissed them on air in a panorama special, they reported oracle to paypal and had their account shut down try to put them out of business now when did when was that part of the bbc's remit uh, but of course they're they're partners in this trusted news initiative with all of the big tech companies in america and all of the the major publications and basically it's a club and they're tr they're trying to push the narrative and between them they do everything they can to hinder independent reporting and it's going to get worse, you know, it's going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. this is the problem. We don't know what to do. 
one no. of the bills going through Europe at the moment and our own parliament, which will give uh, huge powers to, um, to, to stop people saying what they, they, they deem to be misinformation. And quite often it's just uh, a perfectly normal question of the narrative. Um, you know, it's happening all the time. And as you probably know, the, there are, the World Health Organization have got some amendments coming up yeah. Uh, to their international health regulations, which give them incredible power over, over all governments. All governments. And they, they can decide anything can be uh, attributed to a health crisis. So they can include in that uh, children's health education, sex education. They can include in that climate change. They can include in that water resources. Anything they deem to be uh, under the auspices of health Everybody yeah, well, this is it. the thing. It was the it is the work. So this this education comes from the World Health Organization yeah. and the United Nations, UNESCO. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Well, they're, they're they're almost one and the same thing. The yeah. WH the World Health Organization and the United Nations and the WEF. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same unelected uh, people. You know, they, I mean, Klaus Schwab talks about state capitalism. Um, which is communism, really. And yeah, the, exactly. The whole view is that the world should be dictated by the major corporations and the main, major political players. And individual countries, you know, shouldn't have any say at all. They're, they're, talk, they're to talk about a world government. And nearly all of these initiatives are coming from that unelected um, group. You know, they call themselves the elite. I mean, how arrogant is that to start with? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, we're living in quite dangerous times, really, aren't we? Well, I, we've got a psychologist who's going to speak in the film. And he says that, you know, for, th for thousands of years, there's always been men. And I think it probably is men usually, but there's always been men who want to dictate the world and have a, a total power. The problem is they've now got the tools to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't need bombs and you don't need soldiers. You know, it's all AI controlled and you don't, uh, uh, with the internet and the way of reaching every year, um, it's the, they really do have the wherewithal to, to achieve their goals. They do. And I think our only sort of hope in... Enough of us wake up. This that's is... right. Yeah, exactly, Lou. And it's, it is starting to happen. I do believe Trump's going to be back. I, I am in full things that things... Like end of twenty twenty four into twenty five, I think so much will have been exposed. We're seeing a great revival, you know, because what is going on? We're living in like Sodom and Gomorrah times, you know. It's all so dark and satanic. It is. I do believe there is a revival coming on, and God wins. Yeah. I've been surprised how many people I know have turned to religion. Actually, um, yeah, I'm, I was baptized two years ago. Yeah, I'm 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 not religious, um, um, but a lot of people I know have gone back to religion because they feel as though they need some faith and something to help them, um, you know, overcome what's happening. Yeah, and, and they do. Yeah, I think it's just it's very quite obvious who's running the show at the moment. You know, even within the music industry and the film industry, like yeah. the Hollywood. You know, uh, they've they they Satanists. I think is quite um is quite obvious. You know, even if people don't believe in Satan, they most certainly do. You know, they they it's it's really dark, dark. What um, what gets me, Kat, 
and Mark, I people they'll believe in Satan, they believe in Satanism, they believe things are satanic, but they won't believe in Jesus. Like, no, it's I can't get my head around that. To be honest, I don't, I don't really believe in either, but I do think there's a lot of evil men around and evil people around. Yeah, yeah. It, it lies somewhere in the realms of psychopathy, psychopathy and psychopaths. Yeah, but again, these people are created. Nobody's born evil, see? So there is something that, you know, throughout their life, whether that would be in early childhood or even later on, money is, is obviously a, a big issue and greed. But, you know, there is something that, you know, we don't look at a newborn baby and think, you know, they're the spawn of Satan or anything or think they're evil. And they they just there's nothing there. You know, there's a, a kind of a blank slate. And we, you know, through the through experiences in life, that mm -hmm. is what molds a person. So yeah. to have so many evil people, you've got to wonder, haven't you? You know, we've got to change things. We've And I, I fully believe I fully believe the only way to do it is through the children. Yeah. Because not, they're the next generation, see. So if we're just shouting for adults, you know, and sort of saying we need to sort this out, but what they're doing to them in school, specifically, you know, particularly in school, is mm. they're turning these little kids, and we can see it in in everyday life, into socio political activists for their yeah, agenda. Of course, of course, they are. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we've got to stop that, and then you know. And that their choice of their choice of icons is deliberate, like with with yes. uh, Greta Thunberg. I mean, her, if you look at it in the cold light of day, how could a fifteen-year-old girl, who oh, in her own admission was educationally disturbed normal, how could she have a, a, a vision of the world that was in, at odds with top scientists who've been doing it all their lives? But people believe her. I yeah. mean, at, at, at the university near here, there's a statue of her in the bloody grounds. No way! Yeah. Oh, they're already starting this nonsense. Then it oh, is yeah, quite yeah. clear she's controlled. Well, she's Soros controlled, actually. You know, but it's very clear she's, she's a young. Abused. That girl's being abused. You know. Yeah. And... In, yeah. Of course, and she's being used to manipulate whole nations. It's just right. insane, isn't it? The whole story of how she met an, uh, uh, a campaign and on a day off, sitting in a some park somewhere, whatever the story was. It's it's nonsense. Mm. Um, in that boat, sailing that boat with just nothing but a load of men. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, my, my, you know, my, listen. Being a journalist all my life, you know, mostly in television, it, it breeds a sign of cynicism. But the last two, three years have uh, made me think that my cynicism wasn't anything like deep enough. Yeah, yeah. What's your thoughts, Mark, now on journalism today, and when you when you look around, that anybody like we've been at this. Yeah, actually, I've twelve years, and we know yeah. get seen, and the research that we do, you mm. know, that Catherine does nothing gets seen, and then you've got these people earning God knows how much yeah. just to regurgitate the four mm. AM talking points. Mm. I began, I began to make that point much earlier in this discussion. I didn't, I didn't finish it because I say, on the one hand, you've got the the corporate leaders of 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 uh, mainstream media who have a policy for sure. Uh, whether it's dictated by the government, agreed with the government, or whatever, or it's for their own commercial interests, they have a policy. I mean, we we had uh, you probably remember in the film we had um, a BBC presenter on air saying it's editorial policy. We don't debate with anti-vaxxers, even if they may be right. Um, they have policies on these things, and one thing we will expose, which I can't talk about yet, but we've come across an agreement the BBC made some time ago over climate change, which quite clearly shows, you know, which, which side they're on. Um, but the other side of it is the journalists themselves 
And I don't think, I think there are two things there. I think a lot of them get taken up with groupthink and it's they're brainwashed all the time. And this is what the company does. And this is what we're saying. And this, therefore, it must be right. But also during the lockdown, most of these news operations were still working. So people going to work were, were, were treated as though it was the bubonic plague. You know, they, they had all kinds of tests to get into the building. They couldn't touch the food. They were in masks all the time. They had to stay apart. They had to wash down here, shower here. You know, the whole thing was like a, a terrible a regime. And I think that, that, that helped them believe there, there was something really wrong. And the other bit is if, if they don't believe it, they don't say they don't because they'll be A, ridiculed by their colleagues, and B, they might lose their job. And what I know from personal experience with several people who saw right through it and have pushed and pushed and pushed to get stories carried in their paper or on the television, and they just get told, we don't want those stories here, you know, to the point where one of them was written with a sack for keep bringing them in. So it flies in the face of the basic fundamentals of journalism, yeah. which are objectivity and fairness and balance. And the BBC in particular are in constant breach of their royal charter, which is supposed to guarantee impartiality, you know, which is a theme that we'll continue to investigate. Wow. Um, regarding the BBC, Mark, I, I, I've been putting this question out for quite a while, even before the Hugh Edwards, but why the BBC have been embedded with the child resource Sorry to go back onto the children, but this is this is our yeah, no, that's your that's your subject. Our hmm. subject. So um I've been doing this for years. The involvement with Jimmy Savile, we were discussing Epstein, mm -hmm. Mark Dutroux, um, the list goes on. And knowing now what happened, one with Jimmy Savile, you obviously had Philip Schofield going through there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there was Max Clifford as well, um, Rolf Harris, you know, obviously now Hugh Edwards, like Esther Ranson knew. <laughs> She knew <laughs> child life was set up for a certain reason. My question is, is why the BBC people, why do you still work for a company that is embedded in the abuse of children? Because, no one's standing accountable for it. I, I guess they put it down to individuals. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's quite easy to believe that there are always going to be certain individuals that behave like that and maybe that there was never enough proof at the time to pull them up on it um and therefore you shouldn't you shouldn't darken the whole organization because of a few individuals um that's one way of looking at it um but as a as a manager myself um i think you get a very good idea when things like that are going on and it's a very it's a severe weakness not to deal with it but it's quite often easier not to deal with it until it, until it hits the fan later down the track. You know, it, um, I think I think a lot of managers are quite cowardly actually, and don't deal with trouble in the ranks. Well, they can get jobs anywhere. They're choosing to stay there, knowing what the BBC. I mean, it's it's just it's just part and parcel. I mean, look, they've got the statue outside. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I th I would be surprised if if pretty well everybody at the BBC hadn't heard the rumours about Jimmy Savile. I mean, I, you know, I worked in ITV and I'd heard the rumours about Jimmy Savile. I remember my mother, my late mother, asking me once, why hasn't Jimmy Savile got a knighthood? 
And, that's, and I remember Santa because there's all sorts of stories about him and children and, uh, you know, bad behaviour. And that was years before anything ever happened. Well, look so, at who has been knighted. I mean, now we've got Prince Andrew's documents. They've been sealed now. Yeah, doesn't, that, doesn't that tell you everything you need to know? All the big cases, all sealed, all sealed. Mm. You know, I think National Archives, I just... Yeah. If there's, if there's nothing to hide, why do you hide it? That's exactly what I was just going to say. If that's not just, it just tells you what it is, because otherwise you would just leave it open. I've never understood this. You know, like even when in the Blair days, when they had the things, a oh, uh, hundred years, they were to be sealed for a hundred years. So anyone who's alive at that time when this went on will be, will no longer be here by the time they unseal. I've never understood that. And it always absolutely screams 100% guilt. Otherwise you'd have no reason to, to hide any of these things away. None at all. And the BBC, just another thing on the BBC, they were complicit in getting Cliff Richard off the hook. It was because of their going down to to do the sting that it couldn't be, you know, the court case, it couldn't carry on. Like, he signed into Elm Guest House. Mm. He was at That's Elm Guest House. times. I can't comment on that. I've got no... no I know you can't. I'm just... I've got No, I've got no knowledge of it. Oh, no yeah. So, yeah, Cliff Richard, uh, he was up in court. He'd been named multiple times being at Elm Guest House, abusing children, being at the parties. Mm. And the BBC, when it was all going on, they did a sting outside his house. That was done absolutely deliberately. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I never subscribe to those because I can't prove it and I haven't got the evidence. And the one thing we try and do with our films is we try and present it objectively and not as a conspiracy theory as such, but just as a piece of observational, objective journalism. So I can't comment. Yeah, we're saying our opinion, but we know the playbook. Yes, yes. We've been speaking to but people who... I'll, never, I'll I, never get pulled into things I don't, you know. I mean, no, I, 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 know, I know for a fact um, that Sky and the BBC drew up a, an action plan to use television to push climate change, for instance. And some of, some of the things they agreed on were how to... Uh, present climate stories, what type of presenter and what type of language should be used. Um, it should be given that these stories should be given prominence in news broadcasts and longer pieces. Um, all dramas should carry climate change storylines. And if you ever, if ever you see any of them, you'll see them already. Product placement should be allowed so that, you know, corn and vegan food and all of that. Um, yeah. Be included. Um, and even down to motor review cars should give prominence to electric vehicles. And worst of all, and coming back to your subject, you know, particular um, attention should be paid to children's programmings because they're the most, you know, they're the audience we want to convince early. Um, and so we will be uh, pushing the climate change agenda into children's shows, which happens all the time. Yeah. Now, um, a couple of uh, senior journalist friends of mine, um, Laura Dodgeworth and Toby Young, wrote a letter to Ofcom saying, look, this breaks your, your broadcasting code in about 10 different ways. And they wrote back and said it's not a political issue. You know, um, I mean, eff effectively saying the science is settled and we're not getting involved. I mean, it's, it's terrible, so isn't it? I can prove I've got the documentation. I know what's going on. The 
think stories like the Cliff Richard one, I've got no factual evidence. So that's why I don't get involved yeah. in it. But they were, the, yeah. the BBC went down there to just sting and then... There well, was... I, know, I, I, know that, I know what happened. I yeah. just don't, I can't it prove any motivation. Or any prior knowledge the BBC had of... Yeah, Richard. You know, it's it it is easy in the current climate sometimes to put two and two together and make five. Um, so I always take that. Uh, I always take that. I've got to check it. I've got to check it. I've got to prove it. Line, yeah. because see, the BBC never managed to criticise our film. Interestingly enough, they they hammered some of the others, um, especially cut from America. But they never they never took ours on. They never criticised it. And the reason was it was all factual based. They couldn't really criticise it. Yeah, uh, YouTube can because they just plaster medical misinformation. They don't have yeah. to. They don't have to say what was medical misinformation. No, yeah. they just loosely throw that term around and kick yeah. it, kick those off whatever platforms they want to. And this is the problem we always get in the low. Yeah, but I mean, you know, when we're presenting the evidence, like hardcore evidence, as you were saying, with all of our research with regards to Jimmy Savile, you know, we just place him where he is. We get the news articles. Yeah. You know perfectly well what's going on in schools. You've got all the evidence you need for that. Yeah, that's what's going on now in schools. We've got every single, yeah. every single word that is said by Kimberly yeah. and us on this show. Yeah, we've got, we've got the we've got the receipts. Yeah, I mean that's that's the, you know your basic battleground, and they they can't really. They can't really argue because you know it's happening. What was it? Yeah. Do you remember that one in in the Midlands when the Muslim fathers? Yeah, um, they, they, yeah. Well, that that's we they, we um. They, they stepped in to try and stop it, and of course, yeah. the press turned that into a race issue. It was nothing. They, yeah, they, well, the guys, the guys that did that. One of them is speaking on Saturday. Azar Mahmood. He was he was one of the the people involved in that. So he'll He's be he'll be at us. Parliament Square. And mm. um, they were the ones to first find it. So what it was, it was a program called the All About Me program. Yes. And Warwickshire Council had sent it around to, I think it was 241 schools in England, one of them being the school in Birmingham. And they really did kick up a fuss about it. And basically they were talking about teaching, and they do do it, teaching children masturbation from age three. And mm. that is why they kicked off about it. But yeah, you're absolutely right immediately because it was a Muslim, predominantly Muslim-based school. What they did basically, was trying to turn it into a homophobic a, a homophobic issue and it was absolute yeah. nonsense but a, yes it was a homophobic issue when it wasn't at all it was just common sense it was common parents, sense exactly yeah our young children being taught this stuff yeah are you using race to, to again to divide us even more well they just buzz words at this stage aren't they and they know throwing these these phrases around is just a, a way of sort of shutting down any any valid argument about you know sincere concerns about what's going on with our children but they don't they're losing their value now because they're thrown around that much that you know they're not even what they are anymore you know they've lost their meaning true meaning of what they are but somebody disagreeing with you can just call you a homophobe or a racist or a bigot is absolutely yeah. ridiculous well for me it's, for me it's a mark they've lost the argument but um yeah, yeah. well absolutely yeah yeah exactly oh, i said ever brexit i was called a, a thick northern racist which which is <laughs> Incorrect in at least two of those because I'm not a racist and I'm from the Midlands. <laughs> I was out in um, Totnes, which is like a little mini China community. Yeah. Um, we went out the day of Brexit, a friend of mine and I, and they had a t shirt one is um, um, like cool Brexit or some, something positive about Brexit, honestly, and it said fuck something or other. Mm. And uh, 
Are you allowed to swear on your... On well, your... no, it, on the T-shirt. I don't know, he's just walking down, he's like, fuck, whatever, and it says... No, on your podcast. Yeah, I can swear, sorry, to... yeah, I can swear on my, it's my podcast. I've been, I've been holding back all the way through. I even said when the stuff hits the fan. <laughs> no, but somebody's somebody report went up to a police officer and asked them to go and um charge my friend because he had an offensive t-shirt that was um pro-Brexit. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely well, it was a wild time, wasn't it? Still is actually, still is. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll tell you what was offensive in, in Winchester, which is not far from here. It's a very woke woke city, that is. Yeah. Um, there was a big parade and somebody had a huge banner with a picture of Reese Mogg on it um, with a Hitler moustache and a Hitler salute, you know. <laughs> I mean, if that's not... Um... We got kicked out of a conference where Nigel Farage and Reese Mogg went to when they were doing this tour. Mm. And I was with um, Justin Walker, like British Constitution Group. I was with them. And yeah. we asked a few questions and then we all got asked to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Cancelled in the flesh, let alone... Let alone. Cancelled Lou, they call me. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for coming on. It's really been a brilliant show. And I'm going to link your um, your fantastic documentary. Honestly, I urge everyone to... I thought I'd seen all the COVID documentaries. And honestly, blown me away. Blown me away. So congratulations and well done. Well, to the real congratulations should go to the six um, vaccine injured who Absolutely. told those stories. You know, I mean, none of them are none of them are, are very well at the moment. I mean, they're one or two are better than they were, um, but you know, none of them are particularly well. Um, and one and more than one of them have had abuse over it as well for taking part. Oh wow! Uh, it's 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 a very very odd world we live in now. It is, and it, it needs people like you two to fight the corner. Um, right, because... I'd like to be seen now and again, and just get a bit more. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we just need a little bit of funding, don't we, Cat? We just need to be able to boost our posts. We yeah. Do a bit that of... would help you know, a little bit. Every wouldn't single it? thing comes out of all of our own pockets. Like, yeah. Well, I had that with a really film. It is like, I, yeah. I, I can't mm. get a job. I ju you know, it's just ridiculous. I'm luckily now I work for the fantastic Clive DeCarl. I'm really lucky. But other than that, if I didn't have Clive. The job agency basically told me, like, they, you look at your social media, you know, you're good. Yeah, same year. David oh. Ike and... I'm unemployable too, so I'm very lucky to be sort of living with, you know, my mum and whatever at the moment and have a partner that, that works. But, yeah, yeah, it's difficult, difficult times. And this is, a, again, why a lot of people don't speak out because they don't want to be rendered unemployable and, you know, so... Well, I mean, uh, particularly the, the jabs split families, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I kept putting out, we kept putting out, like, let don't walk out of your job because, you know, you don't want the jab. Let them sack you. Yeah, because legally the they can't do it. They're going to get compensated for that. There, there is going to be a time, I think, within the next year, 18 months, that people will stand accountable. Yeah, well, I hope you're right. I mean, Pfizer now, I've started to say, you know, Nobody was forced to have a jab. I it? knew they were going to do that. I knew it because I because I was a vaccine researcher for all those years. I knew it, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs, "Do not do it." They will come out and say they will have to. Nobody they will have to, and they'll tell you nobody forced you to do it. Right. And that's exactly what they did, and and that's how they get around it. Look, it's it's such a horrible, horrendous. And my father actually died from the vaccine in twenty twenty one. 
and I was absolutely heartbroken because I'd spent 10 years previous trying to warn my family and my friends and anyone who would listen really about vaccines so for him to go and get this one and then he had a heart attack on his way back from the rugby out right just a few hundred yards from my front door um, on the side of the road and he died and it you know it is it's so upsetting that you know people people just wouldn't listen to their loved ones you know you know you're right it's split family I mean my family was already split before then because they thought I was nuts but I watched people tear each other apart through that COVID and it was heartbreaking it really was you know when they've got a lot to answer for a lot to answer for. One day people will look back on the things that we agreed to do in the name of, you know, uh, community good. I mean, and it was, it's horrendous. How did we ever agree to it? I've got no idea. Very clever psychology. Yeah, yeah. Are we still recording or is that it? Yeah, we're still still recording, Mark. Thank you so much. And we would love to have you on again, maybe, you know, with an update on on the new documentary when it's sort of done. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, I hope your meeting goes well next Wednesday. Um, Yeah, we hope to see you there. It'll be fun. I'm coming. I'm coming, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Thank you ever so much, Mark. It's been a great show. And, uh, yeah, I would love to have you back on to talk more about your your new... um, your new documentary as well when it's when it comes up to the time that would be perfect okay jolly good so thank much. you god bless thank you my pleasure bye-bye wow cat that was a really good show that was amazing are we, are we off for now then no we're just going to close up the show mark oh right okay okay so speak to me when you've done it then <laughs> <laughs> yeah Brilliant show, Lou. That was absolutely outstanding. Really, really enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, I... A big fish, man. That's a big fish at Sky. Yeah, yeah. You know, and now to come round to, like, and seeing this, it's like, hats off, man. Yeah, and to do his own films as well, see, you know, in in the opposite direction, you know, it's... um, I, I actually haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to get on to watching you that really later today for the effective. Really Obviously, I'll give it a watch. And I'm actually really looking forward to his other one as well on the digital currency and, you know, the, the sort of what they're doing with AI and whatever, because that is, that's impending, <laughs> that's coming right over our heads as well, isn't it? But absolutely superb show and really looking forward to meeting him on Wednesday. We did a show, Pippa King and I, back in probably 2013 when she was talking about the biometrics coming into schools and all the rest and the internet of things. She was killing us back then. Yeah. What was coming? Sandy Adams as well obviously knows a lot about transhumanism. I can't actually. Sandy's going to be on with us next week. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. um, And also I'm going to try and get the old Delling pole back on because I think it's about time we had another chat with him. Brilliant. So, exposing the lie.info, lipstactics.co.uk. We are unbelievably censored. We are on Facebook. You wouldn't know it though. Uh, We're on Telegram. I'm kind of using Twitter. Telegram gets a bit out of control. We're on True Social. We're on Getter. You can find us on Rumble because we're not allowed on YouTube. I should restart actually going back onto brand YouTube and to BitChute. We tried BitChute, but it would you'd sit there for about an hour waiting for it to upload and then nothing happened. It just like... That's what was happening with me actually as well. So, But it's worth a try again anyway, isn't it? So please, if you can support us, we are totally self-funded. We'd like to do so much more if we uh, if we could 
So if you're liking what we're doing and you want to get us a coffee, um, we have no longer got PayPal. So hence we put some bank details in if you didn't want to support buy me a coffee. Um, but no worries. Just thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And uh, you, see you Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. What date is it? 13th of September, 1pm Parliament Square, guys. Let's see as many people there as possible. Andrew Bridge and the whole of the PCP team, Liberty Tactics, um, loads of people there. So join us on Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Send the mothers back to work Let the school system parent your children right from the birth Make them ill, feed them pills Confuse them about what's real Tell them facts don't really matter It's all about how you feel Science and math are racist History lets erase it Indoctrinate a whole generation You can't escape it It's bigger than American politics You're an accomplice White people racist and bigots And you're a colonist If you want freedom We'll encourage to do the opposite It's toxic masculinity If a man is too confident Excuse me, what's a woman? Well, I am not a biologist Common sense is really not common When you're a communist Parents that care about their kids Let's call them terrorists It's cool to be a feminist And an environmentalist and if you love the country that makes you a white supremacist Don't even try defending it cause what you say's irrelevant Put your hands up, everybody stand up The whole world going mad bruh Two plus two equal five You a racist if you don't think that adds up You better not be in here telling these children that men can't get pregnant Of course not Mr. Smith And did you tell all the white children that they are racist? And colonizers and bigots, yes Very good Put your hands up, everybody stand up The whole world going mad, bruh Two plus two equal five You a homophobe if you don't think that adds up Don't have children If you do, then abort them If your neighbors don't comply with the government, then report them If you have independent thoughts, then just ignore them Communism's the way democracy is too boring Bring your kids to a drag show Give them a couple dollars to put right up in their asshole Don't worry about the Epstein flight laws The case is closed, so don't even go and ask, bro Trust the WA show and CDC None of our politicians work for the Put your hands down, no more questions. Don't say pedophile, just say ALA. Huh? Adults that like adolescents. Go and put your hands up, everybody stand up. The whole